Today on the show, we're exploring some superlatives for the 2023 Miami Dolphins as veterans get ready to report to training camp this week. You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Miami, welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Today is Monday, July 24th, 2023. And today's episode of Locked On Dolphins is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions Apply. I'm your host, Kyle Krabs, lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of Locked On NFL Scouting with Joe Marino. And it's training camp week. Like, finally. feel like we've been biding our time, sitting on our hands in the Dolphins without a first-round pick for yet another draft cycle. So there's kind of this blasé environment after the Jalen Ramsey trade happens where it's like, okay, like, what else are you really going to do? We've been sitting here waiting on Dalvin Cook. That's been anticlimactic. I'm sure he'll sign today now that I've made that comment here. It's about 8 in the morning on Monday, uh, July 24th. But it is training camp week. Shout out to the everydayers who have been with us every day uh, throughout the course of this stretch of the offseason because it is your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Uh, But we're going to go over some superlatives today on the show, and and the objective being kind of defining the players of critical roles for this Dolphins team this season as we are now uh, right on the doorstep. Dolphins veterans reporting tomorrow to training camp. I will be reporting to training camp on Friday. I will be at practice uh, Friday through Tuesday of next week. So I'll have an opportunity to be boots on the ground and give you guys some of my observations from the early practices as well. Uh, the majority of those practices are public practices. Uh, the Friday practice is not. Uh, so I'll have a chance to, uh, within the rules of credentialed press, give you what I can and my observations Uh, from training camp practices, the early ones later this week. But now it's all about superlatives. And I have to tip my cap to Joe Marino, co-host on Locked on NFL Scouting and host of Locked on Bills, because if there's one thing that Joe loves, it's a good set of superlatives. And he put it together for Locked on Bills uh, and did that for today's show. And I said, you know what? Let's, Let's dive into that as well. It's a grand total of seven superlatives. And they are Dark Horse MVP candidates comeback player rising star don't forget about needs to rebound breakout guy and under the radar so it's a pretty healthy blend of like star players top of the roster players but then also players in complementary roles who i think can, can really make the most of their opportunities this year so if you start with dark horse mvp and you ask everybody Who's the MVP candidates for the the 2023 Miami Dolphins? Their first place that their head is going to go is Tyreek Hill. He was the team MVP last year. Set franchise record in receiving receptions and yards. And then they'll say, well, the team is only going to go as far as Tua Tungvaloa is going to take you. And then you might say, well, Teron Armstead, he's one of the top eight offensive tackles in football. And the line is dramatically worse when he's not on the field. Okay, yeah, those are your standard options but if i think about the rest of the group and who i think 
is somebody who might have that level of impact. There's two players on the defensive side of the ball that I want to give a nod to. One of them is Jalen Phillips, and that's not my pick. But Jalen Phillips is someone who uh, his ability as a pass rusher, taking the next step, gives the Dolphins' defense a totally different dynamic. And I think he's ready to do it physically, mentally, skill-wise. He feels like he's ready. Year three. Going to be a big leap for Jalen Phillips. And, and I think him becoming a 12 to 15 sack guy does change the dynamic of the defense because those handful of plays that he missed last year that might have been those finishing plays to get him to that number, some of them could have came in really big moments and helped the Dolphins defense get off the field. But Jalen Ramsey is the player who I think brings a DNA change that you can really only equate to what Tyreek Hill brought to the offense last year. And that's why Jalen Ramsey is my dark horse MVP candidate for the Dolphins in its totality, right? And like, yeah, you got Tyreek and you got a quarterback who was playing in an MVP pace through 10, 11 weeks last year in the NFL season before things tapered off and then he got hurt and missed the end of the year. But Jalen Ramsey, the versatility, the experience, the championship pedigree, the swagger, the confidence, the versatility to play, nickel, safety, corner, outside corner, whatever you want to do with him, he's physically capable of doing and doing it at a very high level. That emergence into this group, I think, does put him in a position to be a dark horse MVP candidate because that, along with the scheme change, can have this Dolphins defense turn itself on its head. And that seems to be the more smart pe football people that I talk to continues to be the general consensus is like, yeah, this Dolphins defense can be something special this year if things click. And Jalen Ramsey can be a piece of that. And if he is, it makes him a dark horse uh, MVP candidate. Comeback player is our second one. And this is low hanging fruit, but we are going to go to a tongue of a law uh, with our comeback player. Obviously, um, the head injuries last season, it's pretty scary. Obviously, the injury against Cincinnati was something that a lot of Dolphins fans will probably not forget anytime soon. And it goes down against Green Bay, throws three picks on the last three possessions of that football game, and the Dolphins lose a football game. Don't see him the rest of the way. Missed the playoff game. I think one thing that you have noticed with Tua, and I appreciate this about Tua, is his off-season training program annually is geared towards attacking whatever his biggest weakness was the previous year. And I understand durability has always been kind of the fine print on Tua as a player, going all the way back to Alabama, the two years that he was a starter there. I get that, and it's fair. But I don't think we're going to be going into next offseason discussing, is Tua going to retire? And that's because I do think the way that they've approached this offseason and the way that they've changed some of his body composition and he's been thicker and they have been working on muscle memory when inertia takes over and you start heading towards the ground, I don't think you're going to have the head injuries. I think Tua is going to be somebody who plays a little bit more even-keeled. It is year two in the system. I do expect a statistical, uh, from an efficiency standpoint, regression. But if he's on the field for 100 extra attempts, it means his raw numbers are going to go up. And I think that qualifies you for comeback player of the year if we're sitting here talking about retirement. So uh, that's my pick for comeback player of the year. Uh, up next, we have Rising Star. And don't forget 
about here on Locked on Dolphins. Before we go any further, these days, every new hire for your business feels like a high-stakes wager that you want to make sure that you're 100% right on and you want to be 100% certain that you have the best access to the best candidates for the job that you're hiring for. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps find the right people for your team faster and for free. You can add the job and your purple hashtag hiring frame to your profile on LinkedIn and spread the word that you're hiring. And simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on the candidates that you want to talk to faster and get the right people with the right skills in the door for consideration. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post that job for free. That is linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. Rising star. Hmm. This is tough because we've already in the assessment of our own roster put a slew of players in in the cornerstone bucket that you would assess as as already being uh, staples and staple pieces of your roster. That includes Tyreek Hill. That includes Jalen Waddle. That includes Tron Armstead. That includes Jalen Phillips. That includes Christian Wilkins. That includes Jalen Ramsey, Javon Holland. You're at seven or eight, depending. You want to put Bradley Chubb in that bucket? Do you think Xavier Howard can bounce back and get into that bucket? Like the the, the number of high caliber starters on this roster, we've spent all offseason banging the drum for a bunch of these. So I'm going to go off the beaten path here a little bit for my rising star selection. I'm going to go with safety Brandon Jones, fourth year player. Missed the last three, two-thirds of the year last year uh, with a knee injury. Uh, we've talked quite a bit this offseason about how I do think this Vic Fangio defense, and this the proof is in the pudding here, this Vic Fangio defense uh, weaponizes their safeties to a degree that very few defenses across the league will. And when you have a player like Javon Holland and you have Deshaun Elliott, and oh, Deshaun Elliott's on a one-year deal worth less than $2 million, so the team obviously is is quite faithful in, in Brandon Jones because they didn't make a big-time investment in a player to bring in uh, to serve opposite Javon Holland. I think Brandon Jones showed some flashes last year in the underneath components in zone coverage that can really play well with these safety tools that Vic Fangio is going to give these safeties depending on if it's Two by two, three by one, where you're rolling your coverage. You're going to do a lot of split field coverages. And in some of those cases, if it's three by one, the backside safety might be given an opportunity to poach something on the front end, or you might be pushing and rolling. And then the, the passing strength safety is going to have a lot of leverage where he's he's not going to feel the same stress because of the help from the backside safety or the help from his wall player on the second level, who's going to help take, take away inside stuff. And you've got corners and Jalen Ramsey and Xavier Howard and Cam Smith, potentially and Cater Kohu potentially who can play main coverage on the outside. If you want to lock, lock that outside receiver and the, the space in which you have to occupy 
and are going to be stressed to cover is more reasonable because of the spacing of the defense and the geometry of the defense. And I think that, along with the tools and the checks based on the leverage and the help that you're going to get baked into a lot of these coverages to let you play free and play fast and play aggressive, is going to unlock another level of Brandon Jones, who I think a lot of Dolphins fans maybe um, has been out of sight, out of mind. You know, maybe that's a good option for don't forget about as well. But I'm I'm choosing Brandon Jones. I, I think that the makeup of the defense and the scheme makes him a good candidate for somebody that you know, is a rising star. And I think he's, he's going to cash in. Now, he might be somebody who prices himself out of the Dolphins' price range as a result. Um. I think if he plays to his potential, you're probably talking six, $7 million per season player. That's kind of where Von Bell fell with the Bengals. As an example, we'll see. We'll worry about that after the season. Another contract player is my next superlative, and that is don't forget about. That's don't forget about Austin Jackson. And I mean this in a good way and a bad way. <laughs> uh, in the good way, we didn't really get to see much of Austin in this scheme that we did anticipate was going to milk his best qualities. And not getting a chance to see that and his return, we've talked about the offensive line. Now you didn't have the depth and you didn't really add any meaningful pieces. Well, you, you did add Isaiah Wynn, who I think is a meaningful piece. I think you upgraded your interior flex player in uh, Dan Feeney versus Michael Dieter. Just Dieter never taking that next step. And then you're getting a starting lineman back. Not to say he's a quality starter. Not to say he's going to play with a high floor that we're all going to feel super comfortable with. But at the end of the day, he was the most physically gifted right tackle on the roster. He was the team's chosen candidate to start. But we didn't get a chance to see him create any chemistry because he played in, what, seven quarters of football. Now, don't also forget the questions that we have with Austin Jackson. And be mindful that from a game script perspective, the way the Dolphins mitigate Austin Jackson is by staying balanced offensively, continuing to run the football so that you have that effective cell of play action, and you don't put him in a lot of true pass sets. Uh, you give him a chance to run block, to sell run when you're actually passing. And what that will allow you to do is prevent teams from really firing these pass rushers up the field and really stressing him with his technique. And maybe he's grown in that capacity. It's not unheard of for offensive linemen to make their breakouts in year three and year four. Well, last year was three, year three, and he missed 15 games. Year four. We'll see. Don't forget about him. He's a, a critical X factor. No, but that wasn't a, a superlative that we were discussing here on the show. Next up is needs to rebound. Player that the Dolphins need to get to bounce back. We're going to use Avian Howard. Obviously, Xavier, and I respect the fact that he played hurt last year. Uh, I respect the fact that he played through stuff that would have sidelined a lot of corners. Two groin injuries. Was dealing on stuff on both sides last year. That's tough. He also had a couple of interceptions that were negated by defensive penalties that I think were, quite frankly, nonsense. It's unfortunate. But Xavier Howard's reputation as a ball hawk and a lockdown corner. I'm not saying we're going to leave you on an island and ask you to cover Stefan Diggs and cover zero when you're playing 15 yards off because that's bad defense. Sorry, it is. 
But I am saying, if we're going to play you on the front to the passing strength, or we're going to have you follow around a team's number one wide receiver, your ability to play physical and to match that wide receiver, whether you're in press or you're inside the contact window, is really going to predicate the freeness of the safeties. So I think that's why it's important that the Dolphins have depth with Xavier Howard, Cam Smith, Cater Kohu, away from Jalen Ramsey, who is a player who, when all those players fulfill what they're capable of doing, Ramsey becomes the ultimate chess piece because you move him around wherever you want to put it. But having the outside corner that can physically match up and not play on an island, but can physically match up in the contact window and disrupt the timing of the routes so that safeties have time to get up over top. Uh, depending on if you, if you get a good jam, and depending on what that route is, it might free that safety to go cut that cross or coming across the middle of the field. But that player's got to play at a certain level. And Xavier Howard, a 100% healthy Xavier Howard, can give the Dolphins that. We're cooking with gas, folks. We really are. We have two more. Breakout guy and under the radar that we're going to finish with here on this episode of Locked on Dolphins. The breakout candidate is tough. Going to bat for Javon Holland. I've gone to bat for Jalen Phillips. Uh, I think we've already seen Jalen Waddle break out based off his, his big boom in production last season, especially late in the year. How many big plays he made with a run after the catch. I will go Javon Holland. And, and the only reason I go Javon Holland and not Jalen Phillips is I've already given Jalen Phillips the nod as a dark horse MVP candidate for the team for what his emergence would do to the pass rush group. I think Javon Holland is still largely, now maybe not from players, executives, scouts, and coaches, right? Because Jeremy Fowler did the ESPN poll, and Holland was a top five safety in the league coming into year three. That is extremely complimentary. I think it's the appropriate range for Javon and what he's physically capable of doing and what he does on the football field. But the ball production that so many Casual football fans associate with being a high-impact starter. He didn't get a chance to be in position. He wasn't in a position to consistently make those plays throughout the course of the season, and he really only flipped the switch halfway through his rookie season. So I think Javon Holland spent a lot of time for the good of the team as compared to the optimization of his own physical skill set last year, and you saw them trying to unlock that with playing Verone McKinley and getting him more active in the high post so that Javon could get down close to the line of scrimmage, and you saw the flashes immediately. I ain't forget what Javon Holland's capable of. I watched him play high post at Oregon, and then I watched him the next year play uh, almost exclusively in the nickel and be a defensive weapon that's roaming around inside 10, 15 yards. I think they have the players to allow him to do that, and that is really going to open him up in my mind, to just absolutely explode and leave no doubt. I think Javon Holland will be a household name this time next year. That's because of Vic Fangio's defense. It's because of the players around Javon Holland. And it's because Javon and his own personal development. And then you have under the radar. And this was one who I, I didn't want to go with a starter. We've exhausted so many discussion points about the starters and how many quality starters the Dolphins have how many cornerstones they have, and the floor of, of the starting 22. 
So where I choose to go here is a new player with the team who plays in perhaps the deepest room on the roster. Talk about the edge rush group, and I'm talking specifically about Malik Reed. Malik Reed, you could make the argument, is the team's fifth edge guy. You've got Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips and Emmanuel Agba and Andrew Van Ginkle and Malik Reed. There are a number of teams across the league in which Malik Reed would be your third pass rusher. He is this team's fifth, but he has inside intel on this defense because he's played in it for years, and he was at his best playing for Vic with the Broncos. And I think Malik Reed is an incredible value signing for the Dolphins, and I think he is somebody that if you're going to continue to rotate and keep bodies fresh, but you also want to have a few of those chess pieces out there in the front that you can move down, move around and kick down inside to rush the passer, you're not giving up a lot in the way of explosiveness and pass rush prowess with Malik Reed. And I think that makes him a very sneaky player. If the Dolphins are going to live up to their potential defensively, they're going to get like 55, 60 sacks this season. And I could see Malik Reed having six, seven of them as your fifth edge rush guy on a one-year prove-it deal because he's back in a system in which he played that well. And heaven forbid, if there's an injury and somebody misses some time, I think Malik Reed can step in and give you adequate starter floor with his play. And that's somebody who we're not talking a lot about, and rightfully so, because you've made a first top 20 draft pick investment in Jalen Phillips. And he's knocking on the door, being one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. We're talking about Bradley Chubb because the Dolphins traded for him at the trade deadline and then gave him over $20 million per season. And then you're talking about Emmanuel Agba because of his contract situation and how you're hoping that he justifies where he's at. And we're talking more about Andrew Van Ginkle potentially moving around and being a chess piece who ends up playing some off-ball linebacker. And then you get to Malik Reed. This will be a third pass rush on a lot of teams. That amount of depth in the pass rush room is something that, that I'm super excited to see how the snaps shake out. And hopefully we get a chance to kind of get a feel for that with training camp coming up, seeing how these guys are, are showing out early. Um, I'd say the, the number one objective for the team through training camp is load management and making sure that you know, you're not putting players in undue risk. And knock on wood, hopefully we get through this thing uh, 100% healthy and you can go out west and play the Chargers uh, full boat and then let the chips fall where they may this season. But those are my superlatives. Dark Horse MVP is Jalen Phillips. Uh, honorable mention with Jalen Ramsey is my choice. Comeback player, Tua Tungavaloa. Rising star, Brandon Jones. Don't forget about Austin Jackson. Needs to rebound, Xavier Howard. Breakout guy, Javon Holland. And under the radar is Malik Reed. That's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Dolphins. It is your team every day. I appreciate you guys for checking out the show. Shout out to the everydayers. You can find us on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Make it a great rest of your day. I'll be back again tomorrow. And until then, fins up.